If you're like us, then it's been hard to keep track of time and the days seem to run together. When you hardly leave the house and your schedule's all mixed up, it can be hard to even remember what day it is. Thankfully, we have a calendar, social media, and the love of pop culture nostalgia to help us out. Whether the fourth was with you or not, every day is holiday here. This is Wayback Attack. My name is Brian Grantham, and sitting across from me, as always, is Preston Burt. Preston, are you ready to live in the fandom zone? I would argue that I have already lived there for a long, long time, but for the purposes of this episode, yes, I will agree that I am ready to live in the fandom zone. How about you, Brian? (laughs) I always live in some type of fandom zone. You never know it just, which one it's going to be, but it's yeah, it varies. Mm-hmm. The uh, you know, we uh, we kind of decided to do this episode um, because do you know what today is? Not the day that you're listening or watching this, but the day that we're <laughs> recording. Do you know what today is, Preston? No, I have no idea. Today is Revenge of the Fifth. It is the day oh, after gosh. May the Fourth. So. Oh, how awful. That's so <laughs> cringe-tastic. What, what do you do that's different for Revenge of the Fifth than May the 4th? Anything? Well, well I uh, I know today is just a day to be dirty and evil. Um, oh, okay. I, I, I did not do any research, and in line with, um, you know, saying grandiose things with authority, I'm going to uh-huh. say that, uh, you know, May the 4th was started by the fans, and then corporate uh, Disney took it over and <laughs> and tainted it, and so the fans took the fifth, and that's why. That's oh, why there you go. Yeah, so, why well, I, I like that theory, Brian. I'm going to go with it too. I'll <laughs> say that that is now fact. All right. So, uh, you know, today's May the fifth. Yesterday was May the fourth, of course, uh, and then l- late uh, last month we also had um, another fan day, Alien Day. It's uh, April 26th. And so I figured with all of these different holidays that are going on right now, uh, it'd be, I guess, a good time to kind of talk about them and see what, you know, what your favorite memories are from from these uh, treated nice little pastimes of ours and memories of ours and, and you know, our slave to uh, these properties <laughs> and, and how, how corporations are willing to pluck every diamond penny from us in order yeah. to make sure that we remember. Well, and you uh, you did a little research, so you got a little a little history on a couple of these things, which I mm-hmm. wasn't aware of at all. I'm looking forward to hearing more about that. And, uh, you know, one of the properties we're talking about, I didn't even know they had a day for it. So you're schooling <laughs> me all over the place. This is this is your this is your episode. Pretty much. Uh, I'm just along for the ride. I'm here to share some memories. Um, but, you know, you were thinking about uh, different celebratory days or, or pastimes or mm-hmm. um, holidays. And, you know, th- there's a wide range of the spectrum. I mean, so there's there's holidays that everyone remembers and celebrates. Um, there's Fourth of July if you're in the States. There's, you know, Christmas and Easter, religious holidays. Uh, 
there's Ramadan, there is St. Patrick's Day, there's that kind of stuff. There, there's like B-level holidays too. There's like Flag Day mm-hmm. or Earth Day. Um, Earth Day, yeah. And then there's just these made-up ones, right? <laughs> and I'm not talking about the ones we're talking about today. I'm talking about the ones where you can go online and you can look up on a calendar of just every single day is at least one, if not multiple different things like National Pancake Day, mm-hmm. uh, Talk Like a Pirate Day, and or, or even Pie Day. Mm-hmm. You know, some of this stuff has a little um, cult following to it, but no one, like, there's no State Department that issued a decree that today is Bigfoot Celebration Day or whatever <laughs> it's going to be. And we're going to look into some of those, but mostly around the pop culture properties. So I did a little digging. I was familiar with some, but there were actually a few that um, I really didn't even know existed. And so I think, I mean, I guess we can reveal the cat is out of the bag. We're going to be talking about, obviously, uh, May the 4th. We're going to be talking mm-hmm. about some Star Wars stuff. And then another major space property in a minute. But... I was surprised to learn that there was a, a holiday set aside for Back to the Future Day. Now, technically, Back to the Future Day was one specific day in October 21st, 2015. Because the, what was that? What was that day, Brian? That was the day that uh, Doc and Marty went back to the future. You got it. Yeah, so that's if you look on their flux capacitor or time settings in the DeLorean, that was the day listed of when they go uh, to the future. But it's already happened, but it doesn't matter. October 21st is the day that they're going to continue to celebrate Back to the Future. And I think that's pretty cool. Although, I would argue, while I love that movie, I don't know if it's a deserving of an annual celebration, unlike some of these other properties that we're going to be talking about, like Star Wars, that... Mm-hmm constantly is putting out new stuff these days between cartoons and movies to books and everything back to the future is it's pretty compact in its in its um pop culture but that's a good another thing. one what that's a good thing because oh. <laughs> you know like they they have said you know that they they don't want any remakes done or anything like i think like back to the future is like a perfect trilogy and you know there was some um, when we were kids, there were some like side things like the cartoon and the comic book and, and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think, I think I would hate for them to like keep telling the, yeah, it's like a time book. capsule right yeah. now. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all, it's kind of contained. Yeah. So, Hey, but I, I'm, I appreciate people's passion for back to the future. So, Hey, more power to you. Here's one. That's kind of a stretch, dude. And that is March 10th. And you are supremely related to video game culture. So you obviously know what March 10th is. But for our listeners, Mm -hmm. please explain March 10th and its significance. It is the day of all things Mario. Because? uh, Because M-A-R-I-O is March 10th. And so uh, every day on March 10th, you have to wake up and be like, it's a me, Brian. (laughs) Oh, I almost spewed my drink everywhere. So that's, is that what you do in your house or is that like? I I do that every day. I'm just saying everybody should do it on March 10th. (laughs) Okay. All right. I'll have to imagine that. It's a me, Preston. (laughs) 
Okay, so March 10th. Now, uh, I I don't know when I didn't have the research on the the March 10th date as mm-hmm. to when that kind of first gained ground among fans, but I do know that it wasn't until 2016 that Nintendo like officially jumped on the bandwagon and realized, "Hey, we got a good thing going here that we didn't even have to do. People are all over it. Let's let's celebrate it." So they released some uh, video on their official YouTube channel that year, and then they've just been rolling with it ever since and doing celebration and special promotions and all kinds of things. So lean into it with that, I guess. Um, now, my favorite of these made-up days has a, a longer history mm-hmm. due to superstition, and that is Friday the 13th. Now, what's great about Friday the 13th is that I don't, you know, it was considered an unlucky day for whatever. 13 is an unlucky number. Mm-hmm. I don't know what made Friday the 13th, the 13th unlucky. I didn't do any week. research on this whatsoever. Uh, I'm just here to say that I'm glad that now the it's not considered an unlucky day, or if it is, it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, and more it's a celebration of, like, horror, and specifically the Friday the 13th movies mm-hmm. and, and Jason Voorhees and so forth. And the best part of that holiday is that sometimes you get it multiple times a year, you know? Uh, I don't know the math on how often it comes around, and it's never on the same, like, it's it's never the same day of the month, uh, or sorry, it's never the same month necessarily. It rotates because of the calendar and all this stuff. So it's kind of, for me, it's like a surprise because I'm I'm not really counting my calendar days. And then, like, two days before the Friday the 13th, someone will be like, oh, it's Friday the 13th. I'm like, sweet! I got to go check uh, Shutter and see what they're playing or... Go pull out the old Jason tapes. You? Uh, you know, I I also like Friday the 13th. And I have a customer uh, or that will come up to my store. And he always has a Friday the 13th shirt that he wears every time. Uh, every time the Friday the 13th rolls around. And he, he normally will not come on Fridays. But he does it just for that day just to show me a shirt. So Well, when big media takes over Friday the 13th mm-hmm. um, promotion, just like... Star Wars took over May the 4th. You better guarantee that the fans are going to retaliate and start celebrating Saturday the 14th, and it's going to be nothing but appreciation for that horrible 80s movie of the same name, (laughs) Saturday the 14th. Did you ever see that one, Brian? I remember seeing it in video stores. I always thought it was like a comedy. Was it not a comedy? It is a a comedy. It's pretty bad. (laughs) I think you can watch it for for free streaming places. It's, Mm -hmm. it's It's one of these where if you watched it as a kid, it was enjoyable back then. When you're watching it as a almost 40 year old man, doesn't really hold up that well. But hey, to each their own. It's not as good as scary movie. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's more of a meatballs. Ooh, yeah, you're gonna get some angry fan letters from the meatballs crew, man. Okay. Anyway, uh, last day I had that was a celebration of fandom. You know, not just a random talk like a pirate day or soup day or some weirdness. But I love – this kind of speaks to what we're talking about today, wherein this was fan-based. Mm-hmm. But what's great about it is it's a hijacked holiday. So Amazon Prime, you know, they uh, are in all aspects of media now. And so they have Prime Day, and that's a day where they celebrate uh, and offer deals on Prime for all kinds of products and stuff. Well – the Transformers fans picked up on that and realized that, hey, everybody's talking about Prime, 
they're obviously talking about Optimus Prime, who gave his life for us so we could celebrate great deals on this fantastic day. So I love that it's a tongue-in-cheek look at at the Transformers and a hijacked holiday for Transformers fan to glom on and uh, push all things Transformers into those social streams instead of everything Amazon-related. Now, do you think that this was actually Transformers fans, or do you think Hasbro has a toe in this? No, I think it was fans. I'm, yeah. Although I'm sure I'm, I wouldn't be surprised to see Hasbro glom onto this, yeah. uh, just like the other corporations. And I don't know if I mentioned this is I don't know if this is a changing date either, but the last date on record for this, I think I have was September 13th. So that one's coming up pretty mm-hmm. soon. September mm-hmm. 13th. You can get your Transformers love on. Love you some Transformers, some Optimus Prime. Put that on your calendar. You've got to get some uh, some of those Masterpiece Transformers uh, all set which, up. Which ones? All the Masterpiece oh, ones. You have one? I got this, I got this guy. I uh, pulled him out the other day. This guy is the highly articulated. I've had him. I used to teach school, and uh, he was a good icebreaker for <laughs> kids who didn't didn't want to talk when they were a lot younger. So they love Optimus Prime. Everybody loves Optimus Prime. Hence, he has a whole day now. Did, did they have to like hold it, hold it up in front of them and be like, I am Lee, the, the child, and I'm happy to be here in your class, Mr. Burt. <laughs> no, I can't say they did that. But I did lure a, a young child out from underneath the desk with him once. So it, it worked. Whoa. More power to him. <laughs> All right. Well, so that was the last of my days that I discovered – I already knew about May the 4th, but you Mm -hmm. taught me another one, too. So let's talk about these two big ones. Yes, definitely. Uh, So starting off, you know, like like you were talking about with all these other um, all these other days and everything like that, how the I I would say that the biggest day that that I knew of when it first started was May the 4th. And, uh, you know, I got to throw it back to my girl. My girl Maggie, if you know who I'm talking about, I hope you're ready. <laughs> who are you for talking this. about, Brian? I am tar- talking about Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, hey, the- you do, you do know that we actually have a soundboard. So you can actually make an airborne sound. <laughs> well, I'm, actually, I have I have a good soundboard that I haven't set up yet. So eventually, okay. I won't have to do that with my mouth. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, May the 4th is often known as Star Wars Day, um, but the first uh, first documented uh, case of someone saying May the, Force, uh, May the 4th be with you was um, in 1979 on the day that Margaret Thatcher was elected Britain's first woman prime minister. Her party took out a newspaper ad in the London Evening News that said, May the 4th be with you, Maggie. Congratulations. So... You know, I hold a uh, kinship with Margaret Thatcher. Uh, I don't know if I've ever talked to you about this before, have I? No. Okay. I must know more details. <laughs> Do you know where she's from? Uh, Great Britain? She is from Grantham, England. <laughs> so, oh, wah, wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> so I've always, I've always loved it that she was, uh, uh, you know, I assume that my family was at some point as well. Uh, either that or were the Royal Granthams from, uh, from um, Downton Abbey. And so I'm, I'm happy with either of those. 
I like to imagine one day I'll go to England and go. I, if I ever do, I will definitely go to Grantham, England, and then I'll like sign something, and someone will be like, "Oh, it's the long lost Grantham," and then I'll be given my my throne. It'll be great. <laughs> so, um, so anyways, that was the earliest uh, time that someone changed force into fourth, uh, documented at least. And so, um, but anyways, back in May 4th, 2011 was the first time that a major, um, a major event was held, uh, by fans. Uh, and so, um, you had the, uh, Toronto underground cinema on May 4th, 2011. They, uh, Sean Ward and Alice Quint organized a celebration which included an original trilogy trivia game show, a, a celebrity judge costume contest, and Star Wars tribute films and parodies and, and stuff like that. So uh, that was the first big uh, fan-led event um, that really kind of made May the 4th a, a big thing. Uh, and then um, the next big, big moment for Star Wars May the 4th happened just last year, Preston. And oh, really? uh, it actually happened on May the 2nd. But <laughs> we're going to rewrite history here, folks. <laughs> okay, we do that a lot on this yeah. show. <laughs> I've got some documents, and we're changing it to May the 4th. Uh, so um, the state of California's legislature voted and officially declared May the 4th as Star Wars Day in recognition of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opening later in the month of uh, in the month of May. So if there were, if it was already opening later in the month, like if it wasn't already falling on May the 4th, when why not just make the declaration on May the 4th? I don't get it. That's poor planning. Hey, that's government for you. Hey <laughs> I don't know. Why not? You know, it probably took two days for the paperwork, all the bureaucracy and the paperwork to get cleared. So, um, but yeah, so that was, that's basically how May the 4th, uh, you know, a, little, a short little history of um, how government has been intertwined with May the 4th since the beginning. So, Oh, wow. We should start a whole <laughs> podcast just about that. That'd be fantastic. You think the fans started it, folks. It's really the government. <laughs> <laughs> They're turning the Yoda's weird. <laughs> so. Take the tinfoil hat off, Brian. <laughs> Get back on track. All right. Well, now go for it. So May the 4th. Mm -hmm. uh, I imagine we'll get more into this, but mm -hmm. I like that the first thing that was a true celebration of May the 4th was an actual event. Like it was yes. some mm -hmm. real celebration with things to do, things to see, games to play. It wasn't just a hashtag on social media, which Disney will now legally own your reply to. You know, uh, I don't know that people actually do things for May the 4th other than social media these days, but it's nice to see that it originally started off with something, something good like that. Yeah, and man, it is so funny because um, when in, in setting up for this this episode... Uh, there's I watched some interviews with the people that started Alien Day, um, and uh, it's a it has to be a fairly recent interview because they talk about quarantining and stuff like that. Uh, but they talk about how toxic Star Wars culture is. And are you like on Twitter? <laughs> so back I used to have Twitter. I got rid of it, and then uh, when I started uh, when I started writing stuff for the robots, I was like, well, I should have a Twitter to help promote that stuff, right? And so I made Twitter again, 
and I must have like just been like it must have been suggesting things like oh what are you interested in and I must have typed in Star Wars but somehow I was sucked into Star Wars fandom and so I oh see my gosh. all this beef all the time with all these people dude Star Wars Twitter is insane I'm glad I'm only tangentially related to it because mm -hmm. of the, some of the people I follow right because if I was immersed in all that stuff it it, it really is it's become so toxic especially mm -hmm. with like the hate towards filmmakers and actresses and stuff like that and then people just hating on the fandom in general yeah i don't know yeah you know, we, we can get into some of that stuff but yeah it's it's a hot mess on social media <laughs> i get that's that it is a big property right and so you're going to have all types of people that are into it and then you're gonna have people that get in like i learned about shipping through star through the star wars uh fan culture or fandom and so like you know it's just the um there's just so many avenues just because it's a big property and you know before i guess before i was ever like introduced to it on social media you would see bits and pieces of stuff like that like on I don't know, like deviant art or like just different websites where maybe forums, like you would get like an occasional like peek in behind the curtain on that kind of stuff. But yeah, that like fandoms, fandoms are crazy. And the only, like the main ones that I was ever used to before the past couple of years uh, was, you know, growing up, I was, I played video games my whole life. And so growing up, you know, I, I was like, you always hear about people talking about like, oh yeah, you know, Nintendo's the best and Sega sucks and, you know, stuff like that. And so, you know, they've always been there, but now with social media and everything like that, everything's just given such like a megaphone in order to like scream out everything about it. Yeah, it really has. You know, it. but <sighs> as much as I'm not necessarily on the Star Wars rah-rah-rah uh, bandwagon right now, mm -hmm. um, I appreciate that there is an outlet for people who are fans and, you know, extreme fans to be able to have a, an outlet of expression and celebration. But man, right. All I see right now is just cor corporate greed <laughs> and uh, the May the 4th hashtag being, you know, uh, all through social media. It just it just reeks of just consumerism and awfulness. And I know I'm an old man shaking my fist at a cloud right now, but for me, Star Wars was a simpler time. Star Wars was a time when there were only three movies, mm -hmm. and we were looking forward to something new. This is the, the sweet spot for me was knowing that the Star Wars universe existed, having seen all of the films, all of the three original films, and then getting just like little glimpses here and there of extended universe stuff. So when we were younger, we had the Ewoks movies, right. right? Like, they were great for kids. It was, I'm sure they're horrible now, but, you know, I was the target demographic. So those things were awesome. I loved any little extra bit I could get so that I could add some storytelling elements to my toys. Um, and then in the early 90s, when the books came out, uh, Heir to the Empire, Timothy Zahn. <clears throat> That was like revelatory of, oh my gosh, Star Wars is still happening. And it's funny because, you know, as you get older, time has a different meaning and it moves at a different pace. It really does. I know your parents said that when you were a kid, but it really does. And so when you're a kid and there has been Star Wars 
And then there was a period of what, I don't know, seven years without Star Wars. Right. Those seven years felt like an eternity. And so when something like the Heir to the Empire series comes up and reignites that Star Wars, which you thought was completely dead, it was it was amazing. Mm -hmm. And then a few years later, we might be getting toys again. What? Toys? <gasps> and you got the power of the force action figures coming out, and there was the collector fever for that. And you know, you got creatures, you got figures for creatures that they never made an action uh, figure for before. You got a little expanded universe through some comic books. It was really, really great time. And then for me, it was kind of the culmination and the implosion of my uber fandom was Star Wars Episode One, mm -hmm. And it's not me crapping on the movie. It really isn't. Before that movie, like even in college, so this is like 1998, 99, before the movie came out, my roommate uh, and, and best friend at the time, Robert and I, I could go through the whole deck of Star Wars Trivial Pursuit cards. Yeah. And we could be on a long car or something and we could go through those and I could tell you every single answer to those things. I was that much of a Star Wars head. And then when episode one came out, we, you know, we didn't camp out necessarily, but we got there super early and, you know, waited in a long, long, long line to get our tickets before that, you know, advanced mm -hmm. tickets. And it was a celebration. It was so cool to see some Star Wars elements depicted on screen again, fresh and new. And admittedly, it was a bit of uh, – I had some blinders on at the time <laughs> to, to to not see some of the, the, the worst elements of that movie. But it was just like an implosion of so much buildup for me that I don't think I could ever replicate that excitement um, again. And now it's just – I don't know. It just seems like noise. <laughs> How how many of the Star Wars books did you read? Uh, I read I read a lot of them. Uh huh. I've got um I probably have a few on my shelf right now. I can step away in a second and get a couple. But uh, I was a member of a <laughs> like seriously. If anybody ever doubts how much of a geek I was, I mean, I can just list off things like I was a member of a science fiction book club. You know, there was like Columbia House and mm -hmm. and all those things. Well, there was also a a book club for sci fi geeks. So I had. A membership to that and i would use a lot of my monthly things to get star wars books so mm -hmm. i read the whole air to the empire i read um you know some of the mara jade stuff and the i don't know anyway i was a big geek the end i read a lot i the i only so i was not a huge star wars kid um I, I was more into the alien universe when i was a child that and horror which makes sense for alien stuff but um uh, I did read one Star Wars book, and it was the novelization of the Phantom Menace. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it was actually pretty good. It um, there was stuff in the book that wasn't in the movie. You know how that's how that's how it goes. And so, um, and I I really liked, if I remember correctly, I think on the cover of of that book, I think it just had like Darth Maul's face or whatever. Um, but yeah. I only had one on the shelf that I could easily grab, and that was Star Wars The New Rebellion hardback. But I have all of these. You know, I love the ones that were, of course, 
extensions of the the main heroes from Star Wars that you knew and love. So Luke, mm-hmm. Leia, Han, all those guys. You want to know what they're doing after the fact, right? Yeah. It, it's, it's funny, like, because I, I read tons of sci- like sci-fi books also. Like, it was funny because when, you know, last week I talked about working at Walden Books. And in my interview, I, I was asked what kind of books I read. And so, uh, you know, I said, oh, you know, like a lot of, you know, Steve uh, Steve Perry and Stephanie Perry and stuff like that. Uh, because they, they wrote other things other than just the Alien books. But, um, but that was the thing. Like, all these, like, I, I read... I read these these books like crazy when I was a kid. So, but I really didn't get into Star Wars until I was like seventeen. Like I I had seen the movies. But That's so weird that you didn't get into Star Wars till you're seventeen. Tell yeah. me more. Like, I um, I had seen the movies obviously when I was a kid because they're they were like huge classics, right? But you know, growing up, I was more of like a Disney kid, and then so like most of the movies, you know, like Fly of the Navigator was huge for me when I was a kid, and you know, just like different stuff like that. Um, and so it wasn't something that I ever really thought about. And I would, like I said, I was more into horror stuff, you know, like, like I had, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street was, was like one of my favorite series when I was a kid. And I had back when they, they, um, only had five movies. I had a, like a VHS collector's box that only had five slots in it. And so I kept all five of my Nightmare on Elm Street movies in it. And, um, and then, uh, like anytime we would go someplace before I had that filled, anytime we'd go someplace, I'd, I always look for, you know, whichever, Oh, I'm missing three. I need three, you know, whatever. Um, and so like, uh, you know, like in 91, um, Freddy's dead came out and like my mom and I went and saw that in theaters because I was such a huge Freddy fan. Uh, but, um, I liked when, it, when, when it came to uh, space stuff, it was more, aliens and that kind of thing but when i moved out from my house um i was 17 and the way that we that it happened was uh i had um i had just moved re- i had recently moved uh to alabama uh i'd moved back up there from key west and um i was hanging out with some people at a coffee shop and someone said hey you want to come over and uh and watch watch the star wars trilogy and i was like yeah sure and so you know it was late at night and uh, we I went we were watching like one movie a night or whatever, and then after the movie we would, we would play that Trivial Pursuit, the Star Wars Trivial Pursuit that you're talking about. And so I just started sleeping there. <laughs> and then after three nights, like it was a one bedroom apartment, and there was three of us that wound up living there. And so like <laughs> one oh, wow. person slept in the bedroom, and then uh, somebody else slept on the couch, and then I slept on the floor because I was the third person that that showed up. And um, so. But so that's how like I got in with this crew was by watching Star Wars, and I was I was shocked to know or to, when we played that Trivial Pursuit game, I knew a lot about Star Wars, and a lot of those questions are really like like not fair questions. I'd be like, how many rats are in the <laughs> in the jail cell and and job on Jabba's palace and stuff like that? Oh uh, yeah, but, super deep stuff. Yeah. A lot of these things. You'd only know if you collected other Star Wars stuff. Like, if right. you just watched the movies, you wouldn't know this. But if you read the comic books or if you were, like, diehard into the uh, trading card collectible game or something that told you all these extra things, you'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I played all the games. So, like, I got, like, bits and pieces from the Expanded Universe. 
um, you know, with like all the Dark Forces games and then, you know, the stuff that came out on PC and and, and 64 and, you know, that kind of stuff. But um, uh, when I was a kid, there was a really cool, uh, a really cool thing that I found. Um, This is third or fourth grade. That's not me. Uh, if you're watching the video, <laughs> but in third or fourth grade, uh, I lived uh, in in Vestavia Hills and like right outside Birmingham in Alabama, and we had a creek that ran from like this golf course like near like to my neighborhood. And my, me and my friends used to hang out in the creek all the time. And one day I found that lightsaber, and it was uh, you found it in the creek. I did. I found it in the creek, and I kept That's it. So crazy! <laughs> it was awesome. Um, and basically, I only found hepatitis in my creek. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, things I've heard about this, about Gainesville, you know, (laughs) but, um, so in my head, it was a Empire Strikes Back thing, but I tried finding pictures of it and it's only like this droids from the droids cartoon show. And, um, it was basically a flashlight that had a, um, spring loaded blade. Uh, and so it was like those, like, you remember those, um, those like knife toys when you're a kid that the blade is on a spring and you could stab it into people and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And so, you know, I think what the idea was, was for the, you to put the red uh, blade part into the hilt. And then when you hit a button that pops out and it lights up, the flashlight turns on. But what I like doing with it because the electronics didn't work because it was in a Creek was I could go around stabbing people with this, <laughs> with this essentially lightsaber dagger. And so yeah. <laughs> this was, that was the best thing about this toy was that it would just like go back in. So um, I don't remember me really having it outside of the, um, living in Birmingham. Uh, I, so I must've either thrown it away at some point when, when I was living there or when we moved down to Tampa after living up there for a couple of years. Uh, but that, that toy was, was pretty, pretty dope. Um, that's cool, man. Yeah. The only other like really big, um, thing that like memory that I have that relates at all to star Wars, uh, is, um, I have some fr- friends that uh, we're living in Alabama. And uh, when episode one was coming out, you know, Yum Brands, all of their restaurants, they had the deal with, uh, I guess Pepsi as a whole had oh, uh, yeah. the, the deal with um, with Star Wars. And so Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, KFC, like all those restaurants had marketing and stuff like that. And so uh, apparently from what I've been told, uh, they went around one night and just went on a spree of like snagging as much of this uh, memorabilia that they could because they were huge fans of it. And so um, the taco, or I'm sorry, the Pizza Hut ones uh, from from what I hear were the easiest to get. Uh, these pictures are not ones of their stuff. I I, re- I talked to them the other day when we were setting this up and they said that they don't have any of the stuff anymore. But um basically they had these like race flags lining the outside of the, the hut part of the pizza hut. And so they they just grabbed one of that and then just like ran and like all the staples like popped off. And then they had like a whole strip of like these like flags that each flag has star Wars episode one. And then (laughs) a character's face from, from the movie. Uh, and then, um, so they got that from there from, uh, from Taco Bell, um, they got they got two different things from two different Taco Bells in town. One of them was this. Um, there was like some poster and some outside um, 
thing and they couldn't figure out how to get it out. And so they threw the poster, they threw this whole like fixture in the trunk of their car and took <laughs> off with it. <laughs> and, uh, and so eventually they figured out how to get rid of or how to take it out. And so then they got rid of the fixture. But uh, the, the piece de resistance of their collection was this 24 foot wide. Um, I think it was like four foot, tall by 24 feet wide banner that hung in front of the, of taco bell and it was like oh this, my word it was this one on this like main road and it was being held up by this like steel cable and apparently they climbed up on top of the roof and then like had this like old dull knife that they were using to like try to because they, they didn't know it was going to be the steel cable holding it on and so they sat oh, there no. for like half an hour like cutting at this cable to like get this thing to come down so um then so that was they had that up in their apartment, you know, and it was not a very big apartment, and so like it wrapped around. Did it wrap like, the wall? Yeah, yeah, it was like on multiple walls. Um, from KFC, they got this like R two D two thing off the drive through menu. Uh, I think like it was like it has R two D two, but like in the dome, there it, like had the toys or whatever that were that they were giving away. Uh, so, but that was that was really like the um, a, a night of bedlam. Yes. <laughs> you know, like I, I would have been like very upset if I managed those places, like going to work the next day and be like, where's this giant poster? Um, yep. but part of me would have been like, yeah, like, of course it's star Wars. Right. Cause like people <laughs> even back then were crazy for star Wars. Um, but then, uh, you know, all that stuff gets thrown away anyways. So, uh, or I guess, I guess some of it do doesn't because those pictures that I pulled, like people bought those things online. So somebody, Maybe maybe that's where they got them from. So, yeah, I you know, I'm trying to think and I'm trying to compare. When the Force Awakens came out, that was the first of the new trilogy, right? No, the oh of this this time of this um, yeah the Force Awakens yes okay and yes. then they had uh, just recently the Last Jedi right the la the Rise no, of Skywalker Rise of Skywalker was the most recent yeah. One. yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to think, obviously there's going to be a huge marketing push, mm -hmm. but I, I can't, I really think it pales in comparison to the 1999 opening of Phantom Menace. I mean, when we say the marketing was everywhere, it was everywhere. Yeah. And I don't know that, and as hard as they push it now, I don't know that it will ever rise to that level because the, the fever for it was just so great. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, is, when I, I I read somewhere that the marketing campaign for that movie was only like eleven million dollars, and they said that they they didn't want to overdo it. They only wanted to give the fans what the fans wanted. They didn't want to like they didn't want to like crowd the marketplace with it. Okay, so the marketing budget may have only been eleven million, but the the partnership with uh, food companies and yeah. whatever the merchandising and the whatever licensing. That's that's a different thing, but it was basically was an advertisement itself, so they can claim only eleven million dollars. But you know, all told, it was probably like half a billion of just pure right. pure rancor for Star <laughs> Wars. <laughs> yeah, the uh, it it was crazy. It was everywhere, and uh, and so I don't know, like uh, you know, but like you said, everyone everyone was super excited about it. You know, yeah. and you know, they had, they had, it wasn't like it went no movies at all since like 80, 
what was what was Jedi? 83? 83, like yeah. And so um, it wasn't like nothing from 83 to 99. You know, they Lucas had put out the remakes. And so I saw all those in theater. So technically Yeah, that was great. That was a lot of fun. Special mm -hmm. edition in theater. Oh, man, that was hype. I loved it. Yeah. You know, what I don't get now is when it, I don't know, I can look this up. When is Celebration, Star Wars Celebration? That's an annual event, right? Mm -hmm. It is. Um, I don't know because D23 is different, right? D23 is just basically. That's Disney. Just Disney. Like, yeah. Yeah. But I feel like Star Wars stuff, I mean, you know, I, I get that they own it now, but I feel like Star Wars stuff happens during D23 also. Now, I know why they don't have it on the same day because having more days is just a, another, you know, it just saturates further the promotion. But like. For me, I'm going to request that maybe Disney can just move Celebration to May the 4th to just consolidate yeah. and make it a little bit easier for me. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't know if that's going to happen because um, <laughs> the next thing that we talk about uh, is going to you have fans of this of this that uh, feel like the um, they have been uh, sadly taken advantage of. Uh, but um, Preston. Do you do you hear that? That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. The oh no, I do. That oh, doesn't sound man. good. So basically, what that means is it's game time. Oh. So uh, what we're going to do is we are going to have five different fandom holidays and the dates associated with these uh, <laughs> with these fandom holidays and the um. One of them I know you're going to know because we already talked about. But uh, some of these I really feel like are stretching it. And it's not – these are like these are like some grassroots uh, fandom holidays that have not hit the mainstream yet for at least one of these. So, um, so basically, uh, you know, we have February 14th, 2016 – on, on, I just put the year on these dates just because it's it's what is referenced in the movie, um, but you know obviously just the month and date are the days that we are celebrating here. So we have February fourteenth, two thousand sixteen, April fifth, twenty sixty three, June fifth, nineteen eighty five, August twenty ninth, nineteen ninety seven, and October twenty first, two thousand fifteen, and we have pictures of Back to the Future, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Terminator, um, Star Trek, and uh, Ghostbusters 2. So, Preston, I am going to task you with matching the date to the property. Okay, so uh, we already discussed Back to the Future Day it was uh, October 21st, 2015. Okay. Um... Oh, gosh. Okay, so I was thinking the Bill Murray one was... That's Ghostbusters, right? That is Ghostbusters 2. Okay. So, I'm going to go with... Wait, well, what'd you think? Oh, you thought it was going to be Groundhog Day. Yeah, I, I thought it was going to be Groundhog Day at first. I almost did it, but I was like, yeah, that's too... Yeah, well, the February date was throwing me off. <laughs> so, that's from Ghostbusters. That's from his psychic thing. So, I'm mm -hmm. going to say... Uh, 2063 on okay. that one. Okay. The, no, 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 no. I changed my mind. Changed okay. my mind. Okay. I'm going to go with 85 on that one. Uh, June okay. 5th, 1985. 
because okay. I was close to the Ghostbusters time frame. So I bet they were predicting something crazy. Okay. Just like I think the Terminator Day is um, August 29th, 1997. I think that's when everything blew up. Okay. Um, Ferris Bueller? I have no idea. I'm going to assign the February 14th, 2016. I don't know what that would do. Okay. <laughs> and But further proof that I am a geek, <laughs> um, I know for a fact that April 5th, 2063 is First Contact Day mm-hmm. from the movie Star Trek First Contact when the Vulcans first made um, contact with the human race. So, okay. In case our listeners had any doubt, (laughs) what a dork I was. Well, good. Well, you know, same results this week as last week. You got three out of the five right. Hey, that's better. That's more than half. I'm good. Yeah. And you almost, you know, I mean, I get this is how math works, but if you had gotten four of them right, you would have gotten them all right. <laughs> so, so you're telling me if I'd have gotten one more right, I would have gotten four right. No, you would have gotten insane. all five right. You would have gotten one oh. if you had gotten one more right. So, uh, all right. So here are the dates that you picked that were right. Back to the Future Day is in fact October 21st, 2015. Uh, Terminator Judgment Day is. August 29th, 1997. And I got that one right. Yep. And okay. Star Trek First Contact was indeed April 5th, 2063. Uh, so the days that you missed were Ferris Bueller's Day Off and the Ghostbusters uh, End of the World. So on on that uh, Ghostbusters 2 clip, that's uh, Peter Venkman's uh, psychic show that he has. And um, the psychic that he's interviewing tells him that the end of the world is, in fact, going to happen February 14th in 2016. And then he That's says, pretty cool. Valentine's Day, huh? Bummer. Bummer. So, <laughs> and then Ferris Bueller's day off was. In yeah, fact, what is that even about, man? That I was the no day idea. he took off. That was the day of school that he skipped. It was June 5th, oh. 1985. And so wow. people uh, people celebrate his his illustrious day off um by in remembrance of that day okay i gotta say i love ferris bueller's day off um but i gotta say out of all of those that one is the most ridiculous day to celebrate because it's back to the future has at least three movies okay terminator has what six movies now plus all kinds of toys and crazy things star trek oh my gosh it's bonanza and ghostbusters you know, it's got a, it's a big property, got a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. But Ferris Bueller's Day Off, as beloved as that is, I don't know that it needs its entire. I don't know that a thirty-five-year-old <laughs> movie needs a day of celebration. But hey, you have you have to think about. So it's it, the it, the reason I picked Ferris Bueller's Day Off was because, um, uh, so my girlfriend's in a film class in college. And which was great for me because I love movies and she hates them. So it gave us a reason to watch movies and especially movies that she normally wouldn't watch. And sometimes movies that I wouldn't watch because I personally hate Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It's one of those movies I have seen so many times. I really could care less about it because it was like one of those movies that was always on every Sunday or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, ugh, I hate it. But when she was watching it, she was like, oh, my God, this movie is just so full of tropes. And I said, well, yeah, but it's it like helped create those tropes, you know, like. Uh, those, you know, all those movies in that universe 
right? Yeah. You said the, the Hughes, Hughes verses of the thing, right? So, like, you know, all all those that movie it's just funny looking back on it and then and then you also go oh man jeffrey jones I, yeah, I, ooh, yeah i had to explain what happened yeah. with him so same uh, thing when you watch beetlejuice you're like oh that guy's great oh never mind mm. yeah yeah well he was he was uh, tim, tim burton's like it boy there for a little bit because he was in sleepy hollow also that the sleepy hollow was the last movie i remembered seeing him in so oh, that movie was great i screened that one at the theater i love that movie i got the poster for that still from the movie theater it's great all right well May the 4th, Preston, is not the only, oh, I guess it's not the only holiday that Disney now owns. Uh, <laughs> okay. Because since Disney bought 20th Century Fox, they now own the Alien franchise, which for me, I'm pretty excited because that means that my Aliens Star Wars Tron crossover can happen and I cannot wait. So, oh. um, <laughs> but uh, April 26th, is in fact Alien Day, and Preston, why is it April twenty sixth? Do you know? Uh, uh, is it something from Prometheus? I don't no. know. No. Uh, so LV four two six is the alien, uh, is the planet that they go to check out uh, where the aliens are, and so um, that is the inspiration for the date. Because uh, it's four twenty six, April twenty six. Yep. Got mm-hmm. it. Okay. So. This was also a uh, a ground roots, um, grassroots movement to make this thing happen. And uh, uh, basically, uh, you had this guy named Alaric Hahn, who goes by Alaric uh, Salako, uh, because I guess in um, in the alien fandom, everybody uh, I guess changes their last name to a ship from aliens because uh, it was basically started by two different people and the other one's last name is Nostromo. So I don't know what the deal is with that. But anyways, he, uh, he started a thing where he had his birthday coming up. His birthday was in April and he wanted to create a thing. So he had a friend make him a graphic that says aliens day, April 26, 2015, and he was going to do a birthday celebration with his friends, and it was going to be uh, where they, like, screened movies, or I'm sorry, this movie specifically, Aliens, because that is his favorite Alien movie, is Aliens. He's more of an Aliens than an Alien person, and so he, um, that's why it was Aliens Day, and so he made this, and he sent it to, uh, to like a uh, Louis Nostromo, who is a, uh, I guess, a big person in the alien fandom on social media. And so he shot that out to everybody on his social media. And um, and so then it started building tra- traction and stuff like that. Now, here's where the drama comes in, Preston. So <laughs> every great story has to have a villain. And in this oh, movie, yeah. or in this, uh, this story, the villain is 20th century Fox. Oh no. So, um, they have, they are both actually very, they have good emotional intelligence because, uh, instead of saying the 20th century Fox ripped them off, they will tell you, uh, you know, it is totally possible that they came up with this idea also that they did not see these social media things, but Lewis Ostromo will be quick to point out that alien anthology follows him on Instagram 
But it is still possible that they never saw the post that he made about it because the very next year, 20th Century Fox started to do Alien Day 426, mm. 2016. And so, hey, who knows? Who knows? But uh, basically, um, when uh, Alaric was doing his thing, uh, it started to get some steam from different different companies because uh, NECA picked it up on social and helped promote it and stuff like that too. And and and, and in addition to Louis Nostromo, uh, but in 2016, 20th Century Fox they started the official Alien Day um, with the Alien Anthology social media page to ramp up the upcoming 40th anniversary in 2019. And uh, so you know the fans were loving it because finally. The better franchise had their day also, and so um, it wasn't just May the Fourth. Everybody now you had uh, you had four twenty six. So this is cool. I I was really what bleh, I really wasn't aware of this, uh -huh. but learning about it and knowing what it's about, I, I'm actually on board with this one. I think I've figured out my distaste for the Star Wars stuff these days. Isn't just oversaturation. It's that over the years. And again, I am not, this is a me thing. This is not an everybody else thing. It felt special back in the day to be a Star Wars fan. Right. Because mm -hmm. it wasn't as mainstream. And not as many people held it as near and dear to their hearts that they were doing, that they were trying to get as much content as they can. And, you know, it's a, it's a triumph that so many people have grown to love Star Wars and their kids have grown to love Star Wars. And it's a thing. So that's great. But it is, it loses a little bit of its specialness, I think, for me, because it's not just something that me and my dorky friends love and can mm -hmm. quote back and forth. Mm -hmm. But with Aliens, I don't know. I know it's a big property. I know people like Aliens. But how much do people really like Aliens? Like, can they tell you the name of Vasquez and, and Apone and Hicks? Like, do they know, the, like, all of these different things? I, I, I'm all for this fan-led celebration of aliens. I think that's good. That's cool. I would I would say you know Star Wars. If you if you just look at when they were released, I would say the only reason that Alien wasn't as big as Star Wars was because it was a horror movie. Yeah, it wasn't for kids. Right. Um, and and yeah. so, but I you know it still made a lot of impact because you had people like Mel Brooks who was uh, putting out um, uh, in his spoof on Star Wars, he still put in a reference to Alien because, uh, you know, it was such a big, um, it was such, it had such big ideas and, you know, the, the aesthetic to it was great. You know, you had Giger's uh, design of, of, of the alien species and stuff like that. And, you know, it had to be toned back a little bit for the movie studios, but, you know, ultimately like it was a wonderful, wonderful series uh, that was started off. And I think, you know, during that time period, you had a lot of people that were very largely impacted by that series and then, you know, part two, when you bring on Cameron, uh, or he, uh, and he did his, his magic to it, you know, with aliens and then, you know, turned it from a horror movie into a, um, into a whoop, action movie, you know, while still maintaining some of the tension that, that was in the other one, uh, you know, you would have to say 
he moved it forward into that realm where you could bring it in with the kids, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because yes. once that happened, um, you know, it was, it's a, it's an easy way for you to bring us that kind of series, right? Aliens doesn't have to be bloody because the aliens don't have blood, right? They got acid. And so you can be spraying stuff everywhere. I mean, granted there's graphic parts of that movie, but, um, you know, if you look at two compared to one, like, it's it's like night and day in terms of like body horror and that kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, so you scary. you you glossed over a little bit uh, about the space balls and the Mel Brooks, uh-huh. and I'm glad you showed that footage. We talked over it, but that um that was actually my first exposure to aliens because <laughs> of what you mentioned, right. right? So I you know I didn't go see when did that movie come out? 1979. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wasn't even born yet. And much less would I have watched a horror movie like that so young. Right. But I did go see Spaceballs. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure my parents were laughing it up. And I was just like, what is even happening when I saw that scene where John Hurt uh, mimics the, the <laughs> chest burster? Uh-huh. And then, but then the alien goes on to sing, hello, my baby, hello, my <laughs> darling. Um, that was... That was quite a, a first exposure to something if you've never if you weren't familiar with the property at all. Yeah. Yeah. So have you seen Covenant? Yes. Okay. So I am I so it's weird. Like I I was a huge fan of aliens, uh or a, the whole alien franchise. When I I was the kid that if my parents had friends over I had this magazine. It was like a one-off magazine that was like the history of the alien species and like what they do with the eggs when there's no, when there's no host and like all this stuff. And so like people would come over to the house. I'd be like, let me tell you a little bit about these aliens. And like I would bring this <laughs> magazine and show it to them and be like, look, when there's no people around, they still let the face huggers get on their faces so they can implant and stuff. And so like, I, I was a huge fan and you know, there's, um, there's a doom uh wad uh that basically was like the it, it was like um a fan-made thing that turns doom into aliens and so you have all the weapons and they use actual sound clips from aliens uh so like you'll come around a corner and be like check those corners check those corners and stuff like that right um i that was my favorite doom wad uh i was a huge fan wait read all, read i'm all sorry you, you, you got it what is a doom wad it's a wad a dot wad is the file type uh, the file extension for like the mod for doom oh so the game doom right okay mm-hmm. so um so anyways when you downloaded the mods like that that would it would be a wad but um so but like you know i read all these books i, I love aliens and i don't know what happened like i like prometheus when it came out but man i just i don't understand like so, just how impactful the chest burster was in uh, Spaceballs, right? Or in the I guess in the original Alien, and then in Spaceballs they they spoofed it. They like have totally gotten rid of the chest burster. Now the aliens come out like just a tiny little alien, and mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, you know, I I get that Ridley Scott's making them, and I'm happy that he's still doing it. But I wish. I wish that you had somebody else making these movies that was not trying to change everything and like retcon stuff in and stuff like that. Like, or at least doing it like in a better way. Cause I just don't understand why they're making the decisions that they have, but I digress. (laughs) (laughs) Well, going back to your earlier conversation and how 
it can acquire fans mm-hmm. and young fans. Yes. Um, Aliens definitely spoke to me more than Alien or Alien Resurrection. Right. And it was because of that whole Space Marine thing. Yes. Um, I was a huge uh, fan of G.I. Joe. And so having like a platoon of guys with big guns going to battle aliens was like, oh, chef's kiss. So good. So good. And then what's funny is um, Aliens was made in 1986. Mm -hmm. Um, It was rated R. Mm -hmm. So I shouldn't have seen that movie, but I did. I probably saw it. I didn't see it in 1986. I can guarantee you that. But right. you know, I probably rented it on VHS or something. Or maybe, who knows? Maybe I caught. Maybe they aired it on like the USA Network or something, and or I HBO. saw it there first. Do you have HBO? Or, yeah. Yeah. Probably. I, I know yeah. that's the first place I saw that one was HBO. But it's just funny how in the early 90s, they took all of these uh, properties that were rated R properties that kids yeah. shouldn't, in theory, have been watching, mm-hmm. and they made action figures from them. Uh, Let's roll that action figure clip. Drake, Ripley, Apone, Bishop, and I'm Hicks, armed with the latest high-tech heavy metal. Queen alien breathing down your back? I blast her with the bug rocker. Button heads with a bull alien? Ripley frags him with the turbo torch. Alien invasion problem? Send in the Marines! Space Marine figures and alien figures each sold separately. Did you... Did, did your ears just explode or was that just mine? <laughs> I think that's just yours. Mine, my, mine are. Oh are my gosh, that was so loud. <laughs> it they hurt did such a so good, bad. They did a good job at, at, at getting a hick sound like. Um, oh my I'm, gosh. So if, uh, if, if you're listening to the podcast and we just exploded <laughs> your eardrums, sorry about that. We're doing this live. Um, whoo, that was loud. Um, but man, that guy was excited, wasn't he? <laughs> he loved him some aliens figures. The uh, did you did you have these figures? I did. I did have some of those figures, and um, I, they were great. I played with them all the time, and they mm-hmm. had the the rocket firing stuff too. Mm-hmm. And you know, for them, it worked because they were so much bigger than GI Joes. When GI Joe went to those missiles that actually fired, they looked ridiculous because like. To do so, they had to have these guns that were like way bigger than they were as people. Um, but with the aliens figures, it was kind of proportional, so I w- it was much more believable in my little Preston mind to to play with those figures and shoot missiles and stuff. But yeah, I I loved it for the Space Marines and for the toys. There were other toys in the '90s where it was, you know, for R-rated properties like RoboCop. They made yeah. some. Well, they did cartoons for all those. They, there was a Rambo cartoon and a RoboCop cartoon and stuff like that. So, was there um, an Aliens cartoon? There wasn't that I can remember. There were multiple video games, and and then you started getting like the Alien versus Predator, like that was on Super Nintendo and Genesis, and then they did like RoboCop versus Alien versus Predator and stuff like that. Um, I'm pretty sure they had comic lines for all those also. Yeah, Dark Horse was the mm-hmm. publisher of the Aliens comic book series, and then they did Aliens versus Predator and that kind of stuff. So they gave you a little, a little fandom love through the comic books. Yeah, but, and the um the cool thing is too, like uh, even even in the actual books, like you, you can't really see it that well here, but this is an Aliens versus Predator book that Steve 
I think it was just no, it was both Steve and Stephanie Perry wrote, and like e- even like these books, let me see, if there's a date on it, ninety four, so like even even like those books, like they did a uh, they did a good job at like incorporating that stuff all together, you know, before that was like the that, I don't know, that's just like part of the dream, dude. Star Wars, Alien vs Predator, Tron, get them. It's easy. It's e- like it's just a computer simulation, right? Like, come on, <laughs> make it happen. Yes. write that letter. Change.org. <laughs> I'll start a petition today. This will be great. Yes. Um, I, I will say, um, just to go back a little bit to the the holiday for Aliens, uh, the fans that were a part of getting this to be a big thing uh, kind of feel burned because since Disney bought um, 20th Century Fox, uh, they haven't been pushing it the way 20th Century Fox did before that. And I think that it's probably just because it's it's like a you know a week or week and a half before May the fourth, and so they don't want to like have too many of these like too many big celebrations going on at the same time, especially considering that like Star Wars is like their big money maker right now. Um, well, yeah, but, and plus they're 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 learning the ropes too, right? right. The, this merger only recently happened, so they got to put their you know they got to put their their support behind the biggest properties first. Maybe they'll right. branch out and, and realize they need to support the little ones too. Yeah. And I will say, cause I don't want to get anybody writing us an email saying that it didn't really start with Alaric or whatever. Uh, there was an alien day uh, in uh, 2009 that um, it was, it was also called aliens day. But it was an event organized by Dark Horse Comics in 2009 that celebrated Righteous. the re- relaunch of its Alien Comics line after a 10-year hiatus. And uh, the but the original event was held May 25th of 2009 because it was exactly 30 years to the day since the original theatrical release of Alien. So, um, so That's there awesome. was an Alien Day, but it was not 426 and stuff like that. So, well. You know, if you want to celebrate Alien Day on your own, they're still making Alien stuff, even if they're not making Alien movies right now. Uh-huh. Um, NECA just released a whole new line of, you know, classic Aliens figures. And it's funny because it costs more to buy the repros of the Kenner line through NECA than it does to actually go back and buy the original mint and package uh Kenner figures you can get some for like 10 bucks plus shipping on on eBay so if you have that itch of nostalgia uh aliens action figures have not reached the the zeitgeist level to charge hundreds of dollars for figures so get in now because once they hear this episode of wayback attack people will be itching to buy those figures dude they like I want them to make a like you know the the big twenty four inch figures that they do. I want them to do like a Ripley and a Power Loader because you can't see it on camera. But I have McFarland Toys did like this big Alien Queen like set. Of, oh yeah, and stuff like that. And like I would I would kill for like a Ripley and a Power Loader or like you know maybe like a really awesome like marine with with stuff you know even this or just right here. Give me a whole jar of like Bishop goo, like <laughs> yeah. right like. In- instead of Ghostbuster slime, give me like a big jug of Bishop goo. It could even be like um, it could be like an Alexa where it's just like Bishop's head, and he's like he has like white like like white paint around his mouth. He's like, <laughs> and you get Lance Henriksen to do the voice, and he'll be like, "I order you those things." <laughs> <Be awesome. laughs> um, but uh, but yeah. So when you look at your calendar 
maybe you should look and see what fandom holiday it is. There are actually, if you really care that much about them, um, when I was looking this up, there are uh, places you can go to buy social media calendars to incorporate into your uh, Outlook calendar uh, that has all of this stuff on it. I'm sure there's free ones too, but there, there's like every day has a fandom holiday nowadays. So I made two up, okay? Okay. Um, these are very bad, but I, I gave myself a brain exercise. I'm like, okay, what are some properties that don't have a day that could use a day? Mm -hmm. And so we talked about Friday the 13th having one mm -hmm. um, because it's Friday the 13th. So they just lucked out and get the property to associate with the movie. So they're they're good. Where's the love for Freddy? So I think because of alliteration and because he's got five razor sharp uh, claws, I think that we should have February 5th be Freddy Krueger Day. Mm-hmm. All right, so write that down. We're going to try to remember that and bring that back on February 5th. Well, hold on and one then, second. What's his address? I bet his address is like 926 or something like that. I don't remember the Elm Street address, but I should look. That'd be good. That'd probably be better. I should have done that. Um, and then the 100th day of the year. This is a deep cut, okay? Mm -hmm. The 100th day of the year is April 10th every year. So... I vote we we celebrate the long forgotten '80s cartoon and action figure toy property Centurions that day, for the to celebrate the the retro nostalgia of the Centurions, those the fighting force trio that could have little attachments on them. And anyway, that was a stretch. But you hey, could, you could I did my part. To, you could get people to drive around town blasting the Centurions theme song from their cars. It'd be awesome. There you go. That'd have been a good plan. But hey, I guess for now we'll just have to deal with the other one thousand other <laughs> other <laughs> made up holidays that exist in the world. Well, I for one can't wait for the next one, which is going to be tomorrow. I could have sworn there is a sixth um yeah, there is a sixth thing for uh Star Wars, but I think it's because like Mark Hamill does like a lot of like weird things online. And I think that they're like one year he was doing like every day of May, it was like a Star Wars <laughs> day. And so, so, but who knows? I'll have to look and see what tomorrow is, but until then, if you could do us a favor and leave us some feedback, uh, either on your podcast app or on the YouTube channel and, uh, you know, give us five star rating or give us a thumbs up, whatever you want to do. You know, that's only if you want to do it. Don't tell them I'm pushing you or nothing like that. We want those to be legit. Uh, yes. so, uh, but you can always hit us up on Twitter at wayback underscore attack me, myself. I am at B E Grantham Preston. Where can people find you? I am at squared stiff on Twitter. And I actually just ordered some Wayback attack die cut stickers they're on delay because of all the things that are going on. But when those come in, what I'd like to do is offer uh, a thank you to people who give us a positive rating on uh, iTunes or who contact us through email and gives us some of those stickers away as a little perk. So nice. we're looking out for you. We hope you look out for us. Uh, I thank you guys for listening to the show. And uh, if we miss anything, if we have a celebration day that we need to look at in the future, do a whole podcast episode, let us know. Yep. And there are other ideas for merch, but if you have something specific that you really, really want, 
hit us up on our email at waybackattackshow at gmail.com. And then that way we can for sure uh look at it and see if it's possible for us to do like you know i know like hockey jerseys and stuff like that could be expensive face tattoos yeah oh that would be sweet we could both get matching ones so uh (laughs) but until then this is way back attack